Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Alicia Kramer. She is a business mindset expert and an international bestselling author. Welcome, Alicia. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you, Brad. Excellent. I am so excited to jump in here with you and I'm honored and grateful for you making the time and taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your journey, your story with us and just be here with me. Thank you. You are welcome to pick my brain. I'm, I'm happy to <laughs> happy to bear it all and hopefully inspire at least one person. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. You are an inspirational woman, so I don't think that'll be any problem. So as mentioned, you're a business mindset expert. You're an international bestselling author. You're also a hypnotherapist, a metaphysical practitioner, and a sales and marketing consultant. That's a hell of a lot of hats you're wearing and quite a resume. How do you find the time for all of this and how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization to you? Well, some of those things are the same thing. So that's an important clarification. When I'm working with clients as the mindset coach. That really includes my background as a certified hypnotherapist, my understanding of metaphysical science and how the universe works, how the subconscious mind works. So it really is sort of a package deal in that Mm. sense. And for over a decade now, as I've been working with clients on shifting their mindset stuff and helping them overcome the obstacles that they are experiencing so they can create the success and the fulfillment and sort of that happily ever after life. I've also had another division of my business, which is where the sales and marketing and the business development consulting comes into play. So I was sort of doing those two things simultaneously, and there are two different divisions of the business. Now, just over a year now, I've really cut down on the consulting work and focused more on just the coaching work. And that's really like my zone of genius. You can be good at a lot of things, but there are some things that just make your heart really, really happy. And that's where really helping people in that more deep, meaningful way is so much more fulfilling to me than just simply helping them grow their business. So as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, we'll call you then. How about that? (laughs) What does your morning routine look like? So for me, the goal is always to be up 
before everyone else. So I have, <laughs> I have two kids, a yeah. three-year-old and a 12-year-old. And my morning time is my sacred time. So life can get pretty, pretty busy. My days can be pretty full. And I give myself that time. I have my morning cup of coffee and I sit and I just kind of get into my, it's kind of like a meditative practice. Sometimes it's very deliberate meditation, but a lot of times it is really just about cultivating the right mindset, the right attitude, the right state, because I know how important it is. We're conditioning ourselves all throughout the day. We're programming ourselves. We're reinforcing programs. But right after we wake up in the morning and right as we're falling asleep at night are these two critical periods when our subconscious mind is far more open and receptive to Mm -hmm. suggestion. So what we're putting in our mind during those sort of golden windows of opportunity is critically important. And that's why if you start your morning off on the wrong foot, so to speak, it will transpire oftentimes into a pretty shitty day. Yeah, there goes your whole day (laughs) spiral down a, a rabbit hole, right? Absolutely. Now, what were you doing for a living before you jumped into being a mindset expert and entrepreneurship? I mean, I love that you use the word expert as opposed to coach. What were you doing before that, before entrepreneurship? Well, I had been an aspiring entrepreneur since I was 18. I just wasn't very good at it. So I dabbled in, you know, some different things. I started an online business in my early 20s. Mm. Ended up filing bankruptcy on my first real business, which was absolutely devastating and always had to sort of resort back to a job. And I would call myself pretty rough around the edges when I was younger. So my goals were not very lofty early on. I was bartender. I did, you know, some like little management jobs. It was not uncommon for me to always work myself up into a management position. There was just sort of that natural tendency that I had. But managing retail stores, I managed a cell phone store for a while. Uh, those types of things. But the entrepreneurial drive was always there. It just didn't actually turn into a legitimate, sustainable business until I found out I was pregnant with my first child, my son. I was managing the cell phone store at, at the time. And I remember sitting in that store and thinking to myself, I can't, I cannot do this. I cannot, yeah. you know, send my baby off to some daycare, some stranger to raise him while I'm working at this job. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a business owner. And that's when I decided some way, somehow I'm going to get it right this time. And that was sort of the beginning of where I am today. And so what inspired the journey into in particular, the world of mindset work? And why did you decide to focus your business and your energy on helping to empower entrepreneurs. And did this journey begin with some of your own personal struggles? Oh, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about those struggles with us? So I mentioned that early on, I was pretty rough around the edges. Well, I grew up in your conventional dysfunctional household. So my parents are dairy farmers in central Wisconsin. I call them alcoholic workaholics. There was a lot of anger, a lot of toxicity. Prior to my mom being with uh, the husband that she's with now, My biological father was abusive, which is why she had to divorce him. And she was with 
really abusive men for the most part. I watched her literally like with a gun held to her head when I was very, very young. So I had a lot of deep rooted issues, a lot of emotional pain and a lot of loneliness and neglect and confusion and anger. And I went into a really, really deep depression when I was 12 and I struggled with suicidal ideations up until my early twenties. So that was sort of the foundation for my mindset, which was really quite toxic and not, not empowering by any stretch of the imagination. I mentioned to you also that I always had that entrepreneurial drive and that I failed, you know, quite a bit. And it's very telling because when you have that victim mindset and you have no self-confidence, no self-esteem, grew up in an environment where money caused fights, then you don't have a very good foundation to create success for yourself. So fast forward to all of the those fun early 20s. When I was 25, I was out having drinks with some girlfriends and I was given a date rape drug. And when I came to, I had been physically and sexually assaulted. Wow. And I thought to myself, okay, life really sucked before. Now it really, really, really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but that also was exactly what I needed to finally pull my head out of my ass because the intensity of the symptoms of the post-traumatic stress disorder were so strong that I, I literally had to make a choice. Either it was going to drive me into the ground and I could not live that way, or I had to find a cure. And I decided I was going to find a cure and cure did not mean being medicated with drugs. Cure meant healing, like deep, deep, deep emotional healing. And that caused me to go on a very, very extensive inner healing journey. And I worked with a hypnotherapist and an EFT practitioner and all different types of energy workers. And I listened to Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer. And I really started to clear away so much of the old Alicia and it didn't happen overnight, but it was like radical transformation. Yeah. And I wanted to help other people. It's like, if I can change my life, then I know it's possible when I'm seeing all these other people hurting that I can help them too. And so I opened a little brick and mortar EFT practice at 26 and still didn't have the business acumen at that point, Mm -hmm. but I did have some clients and that really was sort of like the, it was the first taste of really wanting to do this from my heart and do business, not just because I wanted to be a business owner and I didn't want to work for other people, but because I wanted to help people. And that is obviously, you know, kind of evolved over the years when I opened my hypnotherapy practice a few years later. And that's after I found out that I had my son because I was working at the cell phone store to supplement my income because the EFT practice just wasn't cutting it. Got my certification as a hypnotherapist, opened my hypnotherapy practice. And what I noticed was the people that were coming in that were business owners, didn't even matter what we were working on. Didn't matter if we were working on confidence, weight loss, whatever the thing is that they were coming in for. The people who are business owners, something inside of me was feeling different. I was passionate about working with those clients. And it makes sense because I had been that aspiring entrepreneur for all of these years. And so there was just something as like a kindred spirit, you know, and I really wanted to help them succeed. And I could see how they were getting in their own way. And I wanted to just, you know, help them break through that. So that's what caused me to transition from a brick and mortar 
hypnotherapy practice as a sort of a generalist. And then I started to rebrand. I went online, went virtual as a business coach and hypnotherapist. And it's obviously evolved considerably, but I did not actually start calling myself a mindset coach until many years later, because I've been doing this now for well over a decade. And it wasn't really fair to give myself that title until I had a lot of experience behind me. And I knew that the work that I was doing with my clients was really, really powerful and transformational. And when I would listen to the other experts, I knew all the stuff because I'd gone through so much of my own training, so much of my own development and so much of my own experience with clients that you know, then you can kind of own that role with a sense of integrity. So how have these experiences then helped shape the Alicia you are today, both personally and professionally? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that my desire to continue to be a better version of myself is probably, you know, at the core of being a loving mom, you know, deciding I'm not going to be like my parents, you know, I'm going to give my children a really uplifting, empowering, loving environment. My children are absolutely 100% my why. I love what I do. And that's another part of my why. But at the very, very core of it, that's what made my heart really open and expand, you know, for the first time ever was my son, you know, the the birth of my first child and that desire to continue to be a better version of myself for my kids, as well as for my clients. And because I've also come to finally be able to say, you know, I love myself enough to do this because this is what's in my heart. And that's a damn good reason to do something. Absolutely. So what has been, would you say, the biggest takeaway or the most valuable lesson through all of this for you? We need to be really compassionate with ourselves because we, in many cases, did not choose all of the crappy things that we experienced early on in life that caused us to make some poor decisions to maybe not be the best person that we could be. One of the things that I see so often with my clients, how hard they are on themselves. And I've been there. My husband is not a coach by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll tell you what, he he for years has called me out when he sees (laughs) me being too hard on myself. And we need to learn that skill of being compassionate with ourselves when we're bumping up against our stuff when we're triggered, when we're not achieving our goals, when we're not at the level we want to be at. And it's sort of a process of always reminding ourselves. But I would have to say that that is essential for growth. Absolutely at the core essential. For sure. Everything starts with self, absolutely everything. And it just emanates out from there to everything else, everybody else. It just, but it all starts within us. We are the foundation for it, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say you cannot give what you do not have. And it's so true when you really just think about it, just practically, pragmatically. If you are not in a good mood, it's not easy to be kind, compassionate, loving, optimistic, supportive, encouraging. You cannot give what you do not have. If you don't have money, guess what? You're not gifting anyone gifts of prosperity. You're not helping anyone out of a bind. You literally just cannot give what you do not have. And so It's not loving to anyone to deprive yourself of your self-love 
your well-being, your kindness, your compassion, your abundance. And that's something that usually is not programmed into us. We're taught that that's selfish, putting mm-hmm. ourselves first. Yeah. That's what we're conditioned, right? Yeah. So it's right. hard to break that conditioning. It's challenging, but it can be done. Absolutely. Now, being a mindset coach expert, can you speak to how important a part mindset played in helping you personally through your struggles and just how important mindset is to our daily routines and our successes? Mindset is really at the foundation because, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, you do wake up on the wrong side of bed, so to speak. Okay, (laughs) That attitude, that crappy attitude sets the tone for how you treat people, the types of actions that you will or will not take, you know, the quality of your interactions, the quality of your work, it affects everything. Now, some people just look at mindset as sort of like this high level concept. You know, I'm just supposed to have practice positive thinking. Well, that's a part of it for sure. But mindset is also about our beliefs, about our expectations, about our self-image. Because when you're telling yourself, I am a multimillionaire, and you're thinking to yourself, no, you're a loser, you're a failure, you're failing at life, you're failing at business, I've got, you know, in the red, you know, I'm in debt, I don't have enough clients or customers or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you can try to, you know, talk yourself into all sorts of things. Good luck. It's not going to work because it's incongruent with your beliefs. So mindset needs to include not just the surrounding yourself with positive, you know, a positive environment and positive images and reading inspiring books and things like that. All of those things are important, but we have to do the deeper work as well. And that's where people get so damn frustrated because they're trying to put all the positive stuff in, but they're not changing any of that negative conditioning. And so all that good stuff they're putting in can't take root until they clean up all the weeds that are still in their sort of mental garden. Beautiful analogy. I love that. You're also trained, as you mentioned, in multiple areas and other modalities. Can you speak a little bit about how you incorporate those modalities into your work with clients? Yeah, it's very organic. So over the many years that I've been doing this, I've evolved and and shifted how I work with my clients. I've learned that certain things work more effectively than others. And that sometimes when someone has a really resistant belief that we need to utilize various tools. And I like to use the analogy. It's like if the front door is locked, well, then go check the side. And what I learned when I had my hypnotherapy practice was that some issues for certain clients would shift so fast with hypnosis, so fast. Same exact client, slightly different issue. It just wasn't budging. And finally, I gave myself permission to use EFT with that client. And just like that, it shifted. And what I learned was that there's nothing right or wrong about any modality, but we need to treat modalities like tools. Just like a carpenter has their toolbox and a hammer is going to be appropriate for certain things but not for others. Yeah, And the mind can be really tricky because our mind loves to try to hold on 
to what it perceives to be a necessary belief to protect us from something we're afraid of. And so it sort of puts up these smoke screens. And when people get stuck with like the mental loop, like they keep going into the same victim story, well, that's usually not the core issue. And we need to dive into that by using different techniques and different strategies so we can get to the real root cause. And then we're able to finally uproot that belief wholly and completely. And like we just talked about, you want to put all that good stuff in there, you've got to get rid of the crap. So that's where the different modalities come into play, because certain techniques are really good for certain things. And some clients gravitate more towards certain processes and techniques than others. I've got some clients that they don't like EFT for whatever reason, they just don't like it. And it doesn't serve us to try to force ourselves to do something that doesn't feel good. There's always a better solution. And that's why having a whole toolbox is so valuable. For sure. So what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? I love clients who are at that decision point where they they're finally willing to do it for themselves. I'd love to give a a little bit of an example. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So this goes back to, and I love using stories from my early days because that's when I had the lesson, right? So those like anchored deep into my subconscious mind. But I remember when I had my hypnotherapy practice and I was trained to do an intake process for clients who were contacting me to quit smoking. And that intake process was really about finding out what is their real motivation? Because we all know this, you can want to change something on some level and simultaneously not want to change. Now, in the example of somebody who calls up and they say, I want to quit smoking. Well, they may say, I want to quit smoking, or they may say, I need to quit smoking because what is the because what follows the because because my doctor told me he will not allow me to have the gastric bypass surgery as long as I'm smoking because my husband gave me an ultimatum. Those are not good whys. Those are, I'm doing this to pacify someone else, but it's not really what I want. So the moment that my mind starts to kick up resistance, I'm out of here. And it's your fault that you couldn't fix me. We need to be at that place within ourselves Anytime we want to make a difficult change where we are willing to accept full responsibility, that we are the only one that can change this. And people can help us, but we've got to be willing to do that inner work. And it really is inner work. And that's not a good sales pitch. Okay. (laughs) Like people are like, no, I want the pill. I want the quick fix. Easy fix. Right. No, really. I bought the treadmill, so I should be skinnier. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you don't get the gains if you don't do the work. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the inner work, it's not the session with me. It's challenging. It's encountering their resistance. I don't know if I can swear. So I'll just say, yeah, the you, mental can swear, you can swear. Okay. I call it our mental effery. That is all of our old crap that just starts to kick up anytime we're reaching for a new level. The mind is like setting off the warning bells and it knows exactly what to say to us to stop us from persisting. Remember that time that that thing happened? Remember all of the times that that happened? And we go into becoming the victim again. We become disempowered and it's 
hard. It's hard to face those things. It's hard to feel the intensity of that negative emotion when it gets triggered. So you've got to be committed because it's not always going to be a straight path to the desired outcome. We're going to be encountering that resistance along the path. And it takes a lot of that inner commitment, that inner conviction. I'm doing this for the right reasons to be able to break through that resistance. For sure. Absolutely. What would you say are the three most common issues around mindset that you come across in working with your clients? Three most common struggles. A lot of deep-rooted self-worth issues, for sure. We have a tendency as very young children to interpret our parents' bad mood as we did something wrong. We're not lovable. Somebody says, no, you can't have that. Cost too much money. Uh, I'm not worthy. You know, Sally Sue at school has it. She must be more worthy than me. There's something wrong with me, right? So we form these conclusions that become these really, really deep emotional wounds that can really trip people up. Fear is huge. So much fear, fear of the unknown, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of criticism, like our minds just love the fear. (laughs) (laughs) It's protection Uh, mode, right? It is, it's, again, it's a lot of just faulty conditioning, you know, sometimes bad conclusions that we came to. It's not uncommon when we're young, we observe something outside of us and we interpret that as, wow, I don't ever want that to happen to me. And that gets locked deep in the subconscious mind and that creates massive issues. And then the other one that I'll say is definitely scarcity money mindset stuff, a lot of scarcity. And that is highly conditioned into us just from society, from religion to family dynamics, to just plain, what have you seen on TV? What have you read in the, you know, in the news, so much scarcity. And those are, are probably three of the biggest ones that affect everyone to varying degrees. So I want to talk a little bit more around the whole mindset thing, business and the struggles that go along with all of that. So often we hear and see from experts like yourself who have overcome adversity and transformed through the pain to discover that their purpose, which to discover their purpose, which is amazing and powerful. I want to hear from you though, with all that you've gone through and come out the other side and what are some of the struggles and things you face today around mindset, imposter syndrome, just to name a few. I mean, I'm sure you would agree with me just because we've been through the trenches and we've come out the other side of it successfully doesn't mean we still don't struggle. So can you share a little bit about that? Because I find that these conversations like this It's great. People talk about the adversity they've overcome and how they've come through it and come out the other side. And now I'm over here and I'm great. Everything's great. We don't talk about the struggles that still have because they're still there. It doesn't matter. They may not come in as frequently and may not get in our head. We may not get in our own heads as much, but you can't tell me that that Joe Blow that's making seven figures, eight figures still doesn't struggle with that shit on a daily basis, or maybe not on a daily basis, but those still come up. So I want to talk a little bit about that and get that out there because we don't talk about that enough, I don't think. Well, now you're really speaking my language because this is sort of my entire message. This is what my podcast is about. This is what I'm always speaking about when I'm being interviewed on different shows. And this is what I'm 
always reinforcing to my clients, this is an ongoing process. This Mm -hmm. isn't like you got your degree and now that's it. Got all the education (laughs) I'm ever going to need to get to live happily ever after. Everything is rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. It's not. We're human. We're going to continue to bump up against our stuff. I Mm -hmm. still bump up against stuff. Now, when I bump up against the stuff, Luckily, I've worked through so much stuff that I can eventually get to the place where I remember, right? When the triggered emotion dwindles a bit, and now I can be a little bit more grounded. Now I can objectively see this is just some old shit, right? Got to go through my process. Got to release and let this go. This is not serving me. And sometimes that means looking at an old hurt that maybe I haven't looked at in a while. Or seeing a pattern where it's like, God damn it, being just like my mother, just in this one area. Yeah. I don't like that, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you've got to be willing to acknowledge that this is normal. This is natural. It's going to happen. We have a lifetime worth of crap in our subconscious minds that doesn't necessarily align with the good life, with joy and love and prosperity and all the goodness that we're reaching for. Not to mention we're all living in this life with a whole lot of crazy shit going on on a pretty consistent, regular basis. There's plenty of opportunities for us to get triggered. And part of the process of working through this stuff is don't beat yourself up over it so damn much. Now it's like, oh, I should be over this by now. Even clients that have worked with me for years, when they get triggered, they go into the victim mode. And I, I witnessed this over and over. Ah, oh, I've done so much work on this. Should be over this by now. I don't, I don't want to go through this anymore. It's the same story. It doesn't matter what client's mouth it's coming out of. But this yeah. is what happens to us when our stuff gets triggered. And so we have to, that kind of comes back to the self-compassion thing. We've got to remember that it's just part of the process, just some stuff that got triggered. We can work through this. We can shift this as well. And once we release and let this go, we're going to be that much better off because we've released and let this go. Beautiful. I love that. I love talking about this stuff because it doesn't get talked about enough. Like I said, you think because you've gone through the trenches and you've come out, that's it. I'm good. Let's go. No, there's still shit there and it's going to pop up and that's okay. It's all right that that comes up. Just work through it and and continue. We are a constant work in progress because we're always evolving as human beings. It's so true. It's so true. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start reconditioning their mind for the success they want? A lot of people don't realize how important their moment by moment mindset actually is. We are often operating on our old sort of conditioning, our old default. So this gets triggered, that gets triggered. We're feeling this negative emotion. We're telling ourselves this same old story. And we have an opportunity when that happens to actually start to change that mental script. So rather than just giving in to the temptation of the self-pity or being the victim or feeling that old disempowered habit. Oh, I'm so stressed out. Oh, it's not fair. I'm not getting the support or this isn't working well enough or that person's not doing what they promised to do or whatever the thing is. In that moment, we have an opportunity to recognize that there is something that's triggered within us 
It is not serving us. And we are the only ones that can change our mind. So now when you become aware of any type of negative emotion, if you're willing to acknowledge it is what it is, something got triggered, let the feelings come up, let them pass through. I see it. I see it objectively. I see that I'm hurting. I see that this is an old pattern. I see that I've been doing the same old shit to myself for the past 20 years, right? Yeah. It is what it is. But now what would I prefer? How would I prefer to feel about this situation? How would I prefer that thing to play out? Now, this is a really important shift because when you ask yourself the right type of question, the mind is automatically going to search for an answer. You say, well, it's not fair. Why does this keep happening to me? You know, obviously we know from Tony Robbins, he's been preaching this forever, right? You're going to get a crappy answer. Yeah. Right. But now if you ask yourself the question, how would I prefer to feel about this? That's coming from a more conscious aligned place within yourself. Now you're reaching for, wait a second, I'd prefer to feel more, more empowered. I'd prefer to feel like it's okay. You know, they just made a mistake. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything about me. In that moment, when you make that shift, your energy shifts, your mindset shifts. But a lot of people don't realize that it's not just a temporary shift. Each and every time you do that, you're breaking the old pattern. It's a pattern interrupt. You're breaking that pathway, right? Mm -hmm. Now yep. you're creating a new neural pathway to the new desired behavior, the new preferred emotional response. And we can little by little start to recondition ourselves to feel more empowered. Just by shifting our language. Just by, by being intentional and mm -hmm. mindful about what are you focused on? Yeah. Being, being the victim, being disempowered, or in that moment, I can let that shit go and I can actually get myself into a better feeling place right here, right now, that is going to allow me to actually change the future trajectory of the decisions that I'm making, the pattern, the way that I default in situations like this. And that's really important because how much of everybody's day are they just defaulting to reinforcing <laughs> the same old shit over and over and over again? That is fucking powerful, truly powerful. But it takes the work. You got to put in the, the work to be able to do that, to shift the mindset, to be able to realize that, wait a minute, this is old shit being stirred up. Nope, I'm not going to go there. Feel the feels. Like you said, let them run through, but don't stay there. Don't live there. Shift the language around it. Shift the mind around it. And takes constant work. You have to constantly work at that. That's why I call it inner work. And I use the word work. And as much as, like I said, it, it's, not a, it's not a good marketing tool at all. But People it is what it like, is. Work, F you, I'm out of here. I will find someone who's promising that all I have to do. And, you know, I do that a little bit too. You know, listen to one of those hypnosis audios, you know, it's going to yeah. break. And it does, but you still have. Yeah, that's just part of the puzzle. That's just one piece of it, right? So speaking of success, what do you think your unique skill set or superpowers that's helped you become successful? I've been very empathic my whole life, which I do believe did make it very difficult for me as a child. I felt so intensely that emotional pain that my, you know, my mother was feeling that people around me were, were feeling. But once I learned how to actually clean a lot of that old stuff up and be able to discern what am I picking up on? right? Is this my trigger or am I actually feeling someone else's stuff? 
that ability to be able to tune in to someone else's frequency allows me to really clearly feel when I'm talking with a client, they say something I can feel like a little energetic something that is keying in on there's a limiting belief. That's an issue. Let's clean that up. And that allows us to shift things so much more effectively than just trying to figure it out and trying to do all the classic conventional psychology BS, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because our limiting beliefs are always entangled with negative emotion, always. So when we can release the negative emotional charge on the belief, the belief loses its power. And when that belief loses its power, guess what? It's no longer going to trigger you. And when it's not triggering you, it's not holding you back. And now it's also not blocking you from all the good positive reprogramming. And so that ability to be able to feel those things is really, really, really helpful. You know, sometimes you can hear it in somebody's voice, but a lot of times it's just kind of like that intuitive is like, there it is. <laughs> and when we point it out, you know, it's like, damn, because these things have rolled through their head so many times yeah. in the past, but we do this to ourselves, right? Yeah, we're for always sure. experiencing this. Like the story is the story and we feel all the negative crap when we're telling ourselves the story, but we're not able to really like get in there and figure out what's the real root cause of this. But once we do, that's when everything shifts. Beautiful. So keeping in that same track, Alicia, how do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Success is so much about being congruent with ourselves. It is really about feeling good and not like feeling good on a, on a superficial egotistical level. Not like, oh, I love my BMW out in the driveway. And I do. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful car. And I love compliments about that car, but that's my ego. Right. Right. What I'm talking about success is that feeling of I know that I'm in alignment with my heart, that what I'm doing is because this is what I'm being guided to do. This is like my inner calling. This is my divine spark, if you will. And being congruent with ourselves in that way and then creating the external success, if you will, is so much more authentic to me, you know, than, and and people have so many tangled up feelings about people with a lot of money. They've got the nice house, they've got the nice car, and they're, they're just a complete dick, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just a miserable human being. And now some people say, well, then I don't want that if that's what success is. And yet, we have this innate desire for more to create more to create better in our life. Well, we've got to remove all of the BS because if your heart is calling you for more growth, more expansion, more success in the form of growing your business or raising a a beautiful family or, you know, living on the beach or whatever that is, that's inside of you. That's a spiritual thing, right? When we can say yes to that inner calling 
And then we're able to actually create that and allow ourselves to have that. That to me is success. Beautifully said. I'd love to speak a little bit about you being an international bestselling author. Is writing something that's always been a part of who you are and something that you've always done? Or is that a fairly new path for you? And also, how does it feel to have and to be able to wear that title of international bestselling author? So interestingly enough, when I was young and I was, I was struggling with the depression, one of my guidance counselors told me to journal and I literally would carry around a notebook and I would just spew negative crap all day. I'd be, I'd be in art class and I'd just be writing, writing like, you know, about how terrible and unfair life was. It really was not empowering at all. Right. Then I went through a phase where I would write deep poetry. In fact, I had a, um, an English teacher say that he thought that my work should be published. I had a whole book that a notebook full of poetry, but now when I started to heal, I didn't feel a need to purge all of my negativity out on paper. And it wasn't actually until a couple of years into my hypnotherapy practice where I was starting to actually now grow to an international business. Dan Kennedy is a marketing genius. And, you know, he's talking about, you've got to have a book, you've got to be an author, right? Mm -hmm. Authors are, you know, experts, gives credibility. It's a great marketing tool. And I said to myself, okay. And I didn't really think too much of it until one day I got this email from someone who was criticizing one of my hypnosis audios. It's like the background music that you're using is not, you know, the right kind of binaural (laughs) beats or something like that. Yeah. And I remember getting so pissed off. He triggered something within me. And I was like, you, you don't know me, you know? (laughs) And for some reason that pissed me off into action. And I decided I was going to write a book. And that's my first book is called hypnosis for success. And it was kind of a combination of things. It was an opportunity for me to finally put on paper, all of the things that I kept telling my clients over and over and over and over and over again, dispelling all of the common typical myths and misconceptions about hypnosis, right? So then I could just hand them the book. (laughs) Here you go. go, Right. (laughs) And it also was a little bit of a story about my journey and, Mm -hmm. you know, included a little bit of a background about hypnosis. And there it was my first, my second book was more inspired. That was quite a few years later. And I just, one day I just sat down and it just came out of me and it's a short book. It's called the outside the box entrepreneur, the mindset marketing and making of a lifestyle business and um, just short, sweet to the point. But it was talking about a lot of like that philosophy that I have that approach that I take my clients with where you really have to discern, you know, between your ego wants and your heart desire wants. And, you know, how do you want to live your life? What kind of business do you want to create for yourself? You don't have to be in a job. Your business should not be a job. It should be something that you love, something that supports you. Mm -hmm. So that's what that book was about. And then last year I met Adriana Alvarez and she offered me an opportunity to be in a book that she was putting out called Uncensored, Untamed, Unleashed. Uh 
And I had so much stuff on my plate, but my inner guidance said, just do it. You'll make it. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And so I contributed a chapter to that book and we promoted it and, and it became an international bestseller. And I'll tell you the honest to God truth. It is fun to use that in my marketing, but it in and of itself doesn't really mean anything because it's about the lives that you change, Mm -hmm. right? Not just about the books that you sell. And I will say this, if you feel the desire in your heart to put your message out there, that is a divine thing. And so just like everything else that I've accomplished, you know, there's a sort of humility about it when it comes from your heart. It's not Mm -hmm. from your ego. And that's really what it feels like. It's like, I'm just only following my heart. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? It's definitely when my clients have breakthroughs, for sure. It's really, really rewarding, you know, when someone shares genuine appreciation. Absolutely. And I think anyone that is in any type of service-based business really, really gets that. You know, when a client says to you, you know, thank you so much, you know, this has changed my life. There is an incredible feeling that comes along with that. But it's so much more than even just that, because honest to God, when I watch how far my clients have come and the moments that they're in alignment, when they're not struggling with their mental temper tantrum, those moments when they are just in sort of awe and appreciation of how far they've come, not even putting the gratitude towards me, like, oh, thank you, Alicia, for helping me. But when they're so grateful within themselves for how far they've come, that is probably the most rewarding thing. That's incredibly powerful to witness. It is. That's transformation. That's It is transformation. And it's every single one of us has the potential Every one of us. And it, yeah. it, that's the thing that kind of pulls on my heartstrings the most is when people, they put up this wall, uh, this defensive wall, and it's like, nobody can help me. You know, this is just the way it is. It's yeah. just the way I am. And they become very apathetic and they sort of give up on their dreams and their heart's desires. And that's heartbreaking, though, when you think about that, that they're so internally beaten down by themselves that they just feel they can't, they can't do it they, and they give up. I think that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it truly is. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? so many things. (laughs) (laughs) One that sticks out for you. I would have to say this kind of comes back to what I said about my, my children being my why. And that is we have to sometimes recalibrate and get out of the hustle, get out of the daily grind, get out of the doing of all of the things and really reflect on what's truly most important in life. Just this week on one of my, my referral group calls with a group of amazing women, the question was presented, what is one thing that you could do? One small thing that you could do in your business that would make the biggest difference. And after reflecting on it for just a a few moments, it was very clear. I've got to do my audit. And I do this from time to time. I audit my life. I audit my business. What am I doing that's not serving me? What am I doing for the wrong reasons? What is depleting my energy? What really matters to me in life? 
we've got to sometimes take a few steps back because we can get caught up in the grandiose vision. And sometimes the vision gets a little bit skewed from what our heart was initially pushing us towards because all the ego stuff comes in and all of everybody else's opinions. <laughs> oh, you should do this in your business. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you should say that you should do this, create that. <laughs> right. And it's like, I always say, you know, when I stop being absolutely 100% in love with my business and in my life, stuff's got to get cleaned up. Love it. What does the word empowerment mean to you? I love the word empowerment. When I went to that very first EFT session after the assault, he was obviously into multiple modalities as well, because he had this, this paper with this long thing that he read. And I don't even know what it all was, but I remember him saying, I'm going to read this to you. I want you to pick a word, a word that really resonates with you. And we're going to anchor that word to this message. And the word that I picked was empowerment. And when I was going through those initial months of this healing journey, that was the word that would cue me to release negative feelings any fears, any doubts, any insecurities, any pain that was coming up, I would say empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. And early on in my business, ever since the very beginning, I've always used that word empowerment because it's not just about the, the service that we do for someone else, right? I don't want my clients to be dependent on me to feel better. I want to empower them. I want to teach them. You can learn how to do these types of things for yourself. That's love. That's, that is being of service. When you can empower someone, that is when we're being of greatest service to others. And I'm kind of tired of this old model of, I need you to need me because that makes me feel more secure. You know, it's like, no, when you're really, truly being of service for someone, there's, there's abundance. There is, there's goodness for everyone. For sure. For sure. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. All right. What was your dream job as a child? Uh, <laughs> she laughs. Yeah. I had a little period where I imagined myself as a bartender. Okay. And I did, I did for many years. There you go. You achieved your dream job. <laughs> <laughs> what was your very first job? Well, I did a little bit of babysitting for some of the neighbors, but that actually wasn't when I was 12 years old, my mom was managing a ginseng crew, picking mm -hmm. weeds. Yep. And so in the summer I had my first full-time job where I actually got a real paycheck making $6 an hour. Wow. In the <laughs> what is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? I have to say that I love anything by Dan Kennedy. He is one of my, my very favorite business mentors. And so I don't have necessarily a favorite, favorite, favorite by him, but anything by Dan Kennedy. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Determined. What is one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? the world to be a better place. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that one thing be? Love. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I would have to say my son. I did not want to have children. 
I was certain that life was the worst thing that could ever be experienced from my upbringing. And I sure as hell did not want to be responsible for bringing someone into this horrible, awful world. And I was quite sure that I was not going to be a good parent. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, all of that changed like instantaneously. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Resilience. Absolutely. There has to be a degree of optimism and belief that it's possible or Mm -hmm. you will not be able to weather the storms, nor will you be able to create success. And some people might say, you know, being obsessed with your goal, but I would actually like to reframe that a little bit because this comes back to, you know, getting in alignment with that inner calling. When we're doing it for ego reasons, we don't have the stamina. We don't have the faith that we need. A lot of people are being called, but they're allowing all of their mental fuckery to interfere with their clarity and they don't have the faith. And so when things get hard, then the old stories kick up and all of the resistance, they retreat, they give up and it beats them down. But if you can feel your way into alignment with this knowing that this is a divine thing, like you, your inner being, your soul, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter what your, yeah. what your religion is. When you know that that is something bigger than just, oh, I would like to own a restaurant because that'd be cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, this will never go away. This is something I'm being called to do. There has to be a reason for this. There's so much more energy that is helping you to get through the resistance and through the challenges and to create something really magnificent. Beautiful. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? This would actually be, I mean, this is assuming that I could go back in time. This would be my mom. I don't have a very, very close relationship with my mom. I don't think I've talked to her in like a year. And it's not because I don't try to call her. It's just, she's not quite, you know, but she struggled a lot with mental and emotional stuff as a young woman. And I would love to just be able to sit down with her from like who I am now, you know, and have a heart to heart with her and let her know life doesn't have to be this, this hard. It doesn't have to be this bad. You don't have to hurt yourself. And mm. that would be very transformational, I think. Absolutely. I could see that. <laughs> Alicia, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You're lovable. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. A hard concept to grasp, though, when you're in the shit, when you're in the trenches. You know, speaking of that, that mindset stuff, the mm-hmm. moment by moment mindset stuff, when I was younger, I had a mantra that I would repeat in my mind over and over and over again. I hate myself and I want to die. That was a really difficult one to uproot. I'm sure. Really difficult. And that was so entangled with so much pain because I did. I felt unlovable, unwanted. Now I found out my biological father threw my mom down the stairs when she was pregnant. He threw me across the room when I was a baby. There was always violence around. My mom was always pawning me off on some relative. I felt neglected and alone all the time. I really believed that no one loved me. I was unlovable. And to be able to give myself that would be a beautiful thing. And that 
think that's why when I see children, like Mm -hmm. my heart like opens up, like I just want to like give them so much love because there's such a tendency to see how other people's reactions and behaviors from their triggered state, from their state of stress, from their negative conditioning as somehow being an indicator of their worthiness, their lovingness, you know, their deservability. And it's just simply not true. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Get more powerful, powerful stuff. Lastly, Alicia, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say or what words of wisdom would you impart? We have to be the change. If anything is going to change in this world, it's going to have to start with each of us individually. We've got to be willing to do the inner work, not just for ourselves and not just for our family, but because it makes us a better version of ourselves. And that energy emanates out and it has a ripple effect and it does have a positive influence on everyone else. And we maybe can't go and like have a heart to heart with seven, eight, however many billion people are on the planet (laughs) that are all full of negativity and beaten down by life and abused and doing awful things, not because inherently they're evil, but because they're hurt, they're broken, right? We can't go and fix everyone and we can't go and, and fix the world that way. But when we're willing to do our own inner work and we can rise above our shit, it does have a ripple effect. It does make a difference. And if each and every one of us do that, it is going to have a positive impact. One person can make a difference. It's just, it starts with us. You have to make the difference in your own life. And then it just ripples out to everyone around you and then so on and so on and so on. Beautiful way to end the interview. Thank you so much, Alicia, for making the time to be here with me today and share your insights and a little bit about your story and your journey. I am so grateful that our paths cross and I appreciate you. And I'm honored to have had this time to sit down and speak with you and to have you as a member of the Empowerography community now. So thank Thank you for sharing and for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for the invitation and letting me spew out all my my opinions on how life can be. I love it. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Alicia Kramer. She is a business mindset expert, an international bestselling author, a hypnotherapist, a metaphysical practitioner, and a sales and marketing consultant. Thank you, Alicia. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.